Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. In this series of the last words of Christ on the cross, we are continuing with part two, and actually we are going back to that first sentence that he uttered upon the cross. And we're going to study that a little bit more deeply today. I believe that we could spend a lot of sessions on these words because they are so deep and fruitful and powerful and so meaningful to us. But we will try to at least get some of these golden nuggets that are there that will just lift our faith up to a higher level and bring us that much more joy and give us that much more peace. And, you know, we're going to Luke chapter 23, verse 34, and we're going to these beautiful words that Jesus uttered upon the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. I tell you, so many sermons have been preached on these words. (laughs) I tell you, so many sinners have come to Christ because of the preaching of these words. They are so wonderful for the sinner, but I tell you, they are wonderful for the saint too. They are wonderful for us today. I don't know where you are in your life right now. Maybe you are in a deep hole. Maybe your situation is not so good. Maybe you're sick in your body, or maybe your marriage is a mess. Maybe your children have run off, or maybe you're financially so unstable, or I don't know what's going on. Maybe you're in a war zone, but these words, oh, they must comfort us. They must strengthen us. They must give us such power and energy to move forward and to move on through our own dark valley, knowing that he is with us. You know, the nails had only just gone through his hands and his feet. Every blow of the hammer upon these nails had pushed that steel deeper and deeper in his flesh, and it nailed him to the cross, you know. Oh, I tell you, what a pain. What a moment of extreme pain and weakness in his body. Don't forget what he had already gone through. That whole night battling in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then that terrible torture of the 40 minus 1 when they were beating him with the whip. And I tell you, that was not some kind soft beating. They had those steel pins at the end of those leather strokes. And every time it just pierced his flesh and just ripped over open his back and his whole body, and he was bleeding and in pain. And then they pushed him to carry his own cross, and he had to walk with that cross all the way up that mountain, that hill of Golgotha, of Calvary, with the cross upon his back. And then as he hangs there with those nails in hand and feet and the crown of thorns upon his head, as they stripped him naked. He was there, put a shame, hanging on that wood of shame, hanging on that accursed tree. He was a curse. And those self-righteous and pious priests were walking around him, and they were mocking him, and they were spitting upon him, and they were laughing at him, those Roman soldiers 
And there, when he's hanging there in such pain and agony and such weakness already, such a long road that he had gone. And I tell you, he's not just a mere human being. He's the son of God. I mean, everything that is created is created through him, the word. And there he is. The eternity himself is there in human form. And his own creation has done this cruel and terrible thing to him. And there he is hanging. And what does he say at that moment, at that hour of great need and pain? He says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. You know, number one, I think what is so important and where we can learn so much from is he prayed, Father. He said, Father. He was in such pain, such agony. He was hurting so much because he was fully man. Don't forget that. It was not the case that he did not feel any of this pain. No, he felt this pain. And the pain was not just physical. There was, of course, that hurt as he was abandoned by all those that he had given so much love. And he stood up for them. But now they forsook him and they accursed him and they mocked him and they spat upon him. And yet he says, Father, you know, he was not angry at God or frustrated in such a way that he started to doubt if he was the son of God and if God was truly his father. And we should take example of this. We should take example of Christ that as long as our heart is beating, we should pray. And when we pray, no matter how much we are suffering, no matter how painful the situation, no matter how heavy that cross that we are carrying of life is upon our shoulders, yet we should pray and we should pray, Father, Father. Oh, so many people in the hour of their need, in the hour of their pain, of their struggling, they don't see God as Father anymore. They cannot reconcile their need and their suffering and their pain and God being Father. Oh, their prayer changes and they say, if you would be my father, why did you leave me in this situation? Why did you bring me in this situation? Why did you cause all this suffering upon my life? That's so the way many people pray. But you know, not Jesus. He didn't pray for himself. He didn't complain to God. He didn't start, why am I in such pain? And why am I in such suffering? Why is this happening to me, God? Why, why are you doing this? He said, Father, Father. It showed him in his relationship as the son with the father that that relationship had not changed. That relationship did not alter. And all the influences of the devil and of these men that were driven by the devil and all these demonic forces and all these, the, the, these pious and, and self-righteous people that were standing there, it did not influence his relationship with the Father. And my dear friend, wherever you are in your life today, are those things of your life, are they influencing your relationship with your heavenly Father? Do you find it difficult 
to cry out, Abba, Father, which means Papa, Papa, Papa. I tell you, there is a whole prayer in that word, Papa. Oh, I remember when my children would cry out, Papa. Oh, you would hear in that word that they needed you, that something in their life was going on, and they were crying out to their Papa to help them, to save them. And here, Jesus, he is saying, Abba, Father, oh, Papa, Papa, oh, how wonderful. We should never stop. Yes, our spirit can be so distracted, and our heart can be so overwhelmed, and fear can knock at our door continuously. But I tell you, my dear friend, do not be driven away from your Father. Do not be driven away from your communion with Him, your fellowship with Him. Yes, you know, even in that hour of your greatest need, your communion with your Heavenly Father can be more near than any other time of your life. He is so near to us in our moment of suffering, of pain. And you know, Jesus, our Savior, he continued to pray even when those nails were being beaten through his hands and feet. You know, it was because of all those nights on that cold mountain top that he spent hours of fellowship with his father that had taught him that great lesson, that great habit of having a continuous prayer life. No matter how tired he was, no matter what was going on in his life, he abandoned everything of life and went upon that mountain top to have fellowship with his father. And so we also should have this habit to pray. No matter what's going on in our life, let us always go to that mountain. No matter if it's cold, no matter what's going on or what people say or what people are doing to us, let us have prayer as a mantle around us. Let our soul be enwrapped by prayer. I tell you, it's just like the flowers. They cannot help it. They must give that wonderful, sweet fragrance. And so it should be with us, no matter how you press us or push us or bring us down. Prayer with our Father should be so automatic and such a habit because it is already continuous in our life today. And listen to his prayer. When he is praying, he's holding on to his place as son because he is saying, Father, Father. You know, when he is teaching us to pray, remember the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, well, this is how you will pray. And he said, you will say, Father, who art in heaven. So he taught us to pray and to say, Father. And our success in our prayer, our victory in our prayer, it depends a great deal of our assurance of our relationship to God the Father. We are not standing there as a stranger. We are not praying as a beggar. We are coming to him as his son, as royal priests. We are entering into his presence. And so it doesn't matter how big the pressure is upon your life or how great the loss is that you have had to deal with or how heavy that cross is upon your shoulder. I would say, cry out and say, Abba, Father, Papa, just like Jesus. You know what makes this prayer so very special? It was because in that hour 
of his personal great suffering and his personal great need, he is not praying for himself. He is not praying for himself, but he is interceding for those around him. And not just those around him, he is interceding for those that are hurting him, those that are nailing him to the cross, those that beat him with the whip, those that accused him and that gave false testimony against him, those that sentenced him. Think of Pilate and all the others. I tell you, he was praying for them. And he says, Father, forgive them, forgive them. You know, this first prayer, the first prayer that he is praying upon the cross, he is not praying for himself. He is not uttering that he wants vengeance. He is not saying that he is asking God to come down and to kill them all. I tell you, he's saying, Father, forgive them. I tell you how wonderful, how wonderful this is. This shows the complete self-sacrifice that Jesus gave. It's like he himself is not even existing, but he has completely emptied himself on our behalf. He saw what they were doing, but he saw it was not an attack upon him, but an attack upon the Father. He did not say, Father, I forgive them, but he said, Father, forgive them. You forgive them. You know, he was the messenger and he brought the message. But you know, they were attacking and they did not accept the message that came from the one who gave the message, the Father. And so Jesus, he's not saying, I forgive them, but he is saying, Lord, forgive them. Father, forgive them. You forgive them, Father, for what they have done unto you, for killing me, for doing this to your son. You forgive them, Father. I tell you, oh, this prayer reveals the great heart of Jesus for sinners. Oh, and that heart is still moved with compassion for sinners today. Oh, I tell you, there is such power in this prayer when he was praying for sinners. Oh, he had completely given himself for sinners. And here we see the proof of it. This is the proof of him having love for his neighbors. Oh, more than he even loved himself. He gave himself completely for us. How precious and how powerful. You know, he, the son of righteousness, as he is hanging there upon Calvary's cross, it is a display of his glorious love as he utters these powerful and wonderful words, Father, forgive them. And you know, as he prayed these words upon the cross, so he is praying these words today upon the throne. He is still praying this prayer. Oh, he is exalted to a higher place now. Oh, he has taken his seat next to the Father. But you know, his work, his position as being the mediator is still the same. He is still pleading for sinners today. That's what the Bible teaches us. He is still asking the Father for forgiveness for guilty people. And you know, his prayer is so full of mercy. I tell you, those people that crucified Jesus, they did not deserve this prayer. No, they had not done anything to deserve him to pray for them that the Father would justify them, forgive them, 
and bring them righteousness. No, they were killing him. They were killing him. Can you believe this? They did not ask him to pray for them. They did not even acknowledge him as the son of God or the savior that his prayer would be worth anything. No, they did not even take this prayer serious. They were laughing at him. But you know, still Christ was praying for these guilty people as he was hanging there for their guilt and for our guilt. Never forget that. And you know, there was nothing good in them that would give him the foundation to pray a prayer to ask for forgiveness. So what does he pray? What does he say as an excuse or or, or as a ground for the Father to forgive them? He says, they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand what they are doing. Yes, he knows what he needs to pray. He knows what he is praying. You know, just like he prayed for Peter and so many others, he knows exactly how to pray. And this genuine prayer, this powerful prayer, this prayer which pierced through every sin and darkness and barrier, it came into the ears of the Father. You know, what an argument to use. Oh, they don't know what they are doing. You know, others, they would have said, well, you know, they know what they're doing. They're hurting me and this and that. But you know, Jesus, he said, Lord, just forgive them, Father. Oh, they don't understand, Father. They just don't understand. Oh, that is how he is pleading even today, without asking justification for himself. Oh, I tell you, his prayer is for us today. And he is praying today, Father, oh, forgive them, forgive them. They don't understand. They ran away. They're committing sin. They're living in a light of darkness. Oh, Father, they are just, oh, a play ball of the enemy, of Satan, you know. He has a hold upon them. He has darkened their mind. He has darkened their heart, their spirit. They are caught in darkness. They don't understand how far they are from you. They don't understand how lost they are. They don't understand, oh, what eternity of damnation and hell is before them. They don't understand the meaning of it or or the pain of it. They don't understand where they are heading. But Father, oh, forgive them, forgive them. Father, forgive them because I died for them. Forgive them, Father, because my blood was poured out for them. Forgive them, Father. They are living in ignorance. They are living in foolishness. They are living in darkness. But Father, oh, forgive them because, Lord, I don't hold it against them. Oh, Father, don't hold it against them. What they have done to me, what they have done to you, don't hold it against them. But Lord, see my sacrifice. Hear my prayer, oh, Father. Oh, as I'm standing and I'm praying for them, Lord. Oh, I'm interceding for them. I'm standing in the gap for them that are living in darkness and in ignorance. Oh, that have cursed my name, that have cursed your name, that have put their fist in your face, Lord, and and they spat upon you, Father. But yet, Father, forgive them, forgive them. Oh, you know, this prayer, it reaches so far. It goes beyond those few soldiers that were nailing him to the cross. It goes beyond those few of his time that were there maybe accusing him, giving false witness. This prayer is even for us today, for those that are living in darkness, because don't be fooled, my dear listener, that you think it was those few Romans or those few Jews that put him upon the cross. 
It was because of your sin, because of my sin. We nailed him to the cross. We are guilty of his death. We put the shame upon him, I tell you, but he carried it. And now he is praying, oh, forgive them. Father, forgive John. Forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. But Lord, see my sacrifice for him upon the cross. Oh, and let my blood cleanse him of all his sin. Oh, Lord, let a light shine in his darkness and lift him up, Lord. Lift him out of that place. And Lord, let him be near to us and close to us, not just now, but for all of eternity. Oh, my dear friend, if you need forgiveness, say, Oh, God, oh, Father, hear that prayer of your son, Jesus, that he has prayed on my behalf. And Lord, forgive me of my sins, the sins that I committed in my ignorance, in my foolishness. Oh, even forgive those sins that I did, fully knowing what I was doing, that I was rebelling against you. Oh, Father, forgive me. Oh, forgive me, Lord. And Lord, cleanse me and make me whole. Oh, think of what your Son did for me upon the cross. And Lord, resurrect me into new life as you resurrected him out of the grave. Thank you that you answer this prayer right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 